the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you. At 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. On today's show, we're going to go over some of the top stories out there in the world of finance. We're going to talk specifically about social media and what a great quarter it's been. We're going to go over, in particular, some ideas that you may be doing incorrectly with your money. I'm going to try to show you some places to put some new money. They're crowded in for you. To get your calls on the air, if you want to call, it's 800-516-1220. Let's start with the obvious. Stock market. Market is a little bit lower. SP 500 is down one. Dow's down 17. NASDAQ down one. Gold down one. 10 year treasury sits 2.6%. Okay. It's okay. You know, it's not like one of those. Glorious days on the web. Um, Six IPOs today. That is telling you, in particular, the market is doing incredibly well this year. A lot of people didn't think this year would be that good. Maybe we're ahead of ourselves on a problematic level. That's always going to be a question. Stock market is never fairly valued on a day-by-day basis. What some people perceive as value today, tomorrow they may see it as, that's way too high. So that's one of the more interesting things about Wall Street is that it's a discounting mechanism into the future, but it's not incredibly accurate. And that sometimes makes people feel a little bit on the crazy side. You know, they'd like a little bit more certainty. So let's talk to a little bit about what today's all about. I think it's it's worth mentioning a little bit of what happened yesterday. Very, very quiet. Shh. Nothing's going on here. Nothing to see here. Keep on moving. It's summertime. I was supposed to have a big business meeting with a partner on the 15th. I'm like, can we just postpone it? Because I'm trying to finish everything up I can in the summer. And that's a bit of a process, so to speak. There's no economic releases today. 
other than generally ignored wholesale inventory release. There are quite a few earnings reports, but mostly companies that require a quick search as a reminder to their business line. Priceline is a company that's in the news. They are oddly playing with $1,000 a share. Was it going to be Google? Was it going to be Apple? Who was the first one to hit it? And then out of nowhere, Priceline. That's kind of interesting. I mean, it's not like jump up and down interesting, but it's still interesting to some. Um, Priceline, William Shatner, the negotiator, right? Priceline, one of those companies that, when it first came out, we're like, I don't know if I like that idea. Where you bid on a flight and then you're stuck with it, <laughs> even if you win it. You know, for college kids, if you have that ultimate leeway, you can leave at 6 a.m. or midnight. Hmm. You can turn a five-day vacation into a three-day vacation. Hmm. So that's not the best. But price lines at $980 a share, playing with 994 a little bit earlier in the day. So a lot of people are looking to see, is that going to be the one? The one. Um, shares of Apple are got people a little frustrated because we keep hearing stories about how great Apple is in penetration in the United States, but how Google and Android is so dominant in foreign markets. And Apple really is a case study for what are you going to do? And why didn't you already do something? And I certainly don't think Steve Jobs would have done nothing. You know, a couple months ago, there was a company called Netflix that could have been acquired a year ago for a pretty low valuation, all things considered, $5 billion. Then it probably could have been acquired for $10 billion. You know, if you have that money, you can buy all the outstanding shares and own the company. Now it's at $15 billion it's going to take to buy it. Apple has that kind of money. Apple, for the better part of five, six years ago, six to ten years ago, the iPod, basically they sat around and saw digital music players just done it incorrectly, and they, they basically came up with a better way of doing it. They sat around and watched uh, computers done incorrectly, and they came up with a, a nicer computer experience. They sat around and watched music, and they rolled it into their music player beautifully with iTunes. Now the thing is, is that, yeah, instead of buying music, we'll just stream music. Close enough. I can get any song that I want on Spotify. Any song that I want for $9 a month. So that takes away the incentive of buying 10 songs a month for a dollar. So iRadio needs to come out soon. And it will with the next operating system that's due in September with a new phone. They typically announce the new operating system and they have the phone ready 100 days later. So we're counting down to that. So Apple needs to get something going there, and they will. I don't doubt it. But they also need something on TV because Netflix and Amazon Prime and Hulu. I, who was I talking to yesterday? Oh, I was talking to my news director. Um, and his two daughters watched nothing but the iPad in bed. They they don't sit on a couch anymore. That's they don't want to be that kind of static. That. 
as that gets older, cable companies are screwed because they don't want the 500 channels. They want the applications that contain 500 shows. So Netflix has correctly figured out how to be a 21st century channel as an application. Apple needs to really start doing something similar or something that we're not seeing. Because uh, it's okay to copy. You've got all the money in the world right now. Copy and use edit. So, each calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Chinese industrial production was up more than expected. Now, you may go, oh, really? Chinese? Is that all you got for me, Black? See, meager signs of improvement in the Chinese economic data have garnered a lot of attention recently because even though it's not sufficient to conclude, you know, that it, it's all gangbusters, it's also sufficient enough to conclude that it's not all slowing. A disappointing retail sales, disappointing retail sales report for China should add a little bit of caution on top of the economic data that was a sign of improvement in industrial production. So... That's what we got today. Wholesale trade fell two tenths of a percent in June. Not a market mover. The SP 500 is down one. The Dow is down 20. The Nasdaq's down one half of one. You can find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. I bleed out all my feeds on uh, my television work that I do Monday through Thursday. You can find me on Facebook fan page, Front Four, Rob Black. You can find me on YouTube, Rob Black Show. Take a break here. You listen to Rob Black Your Money. To Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Pretty quiet day across the world. Major averages in Europe were little changed. Major averages in Asia, little changed. Feels kind of summer. J.C. Penny Chairman Thomas Ingebu issued a statement about a CEO search process that began three weeks ago. We'll be careful and deliberate. Bill Ackman said, you know, we need a new CEO, and the board says, you're being disruptive. Even though we own 17% of the company, you're being disruptive. That's a pretty fair point. Remember, Ackman was one who got in and brought Ron Johnson from Apple stores in in a highly publicized and dramatic fashion to try to turn around J.C. Penney's. And again... I guess if you live in the suburbs and that's all there is, then, well, I guess that's all there is. I think JCPenney's and Sears had their day back when catalogs would be delivered to your home and you would decide what you want and your parents can go get a washer and dryer as well as toys for you. I think the Internet kind of killed a lot. So, you know, I got to... 
birthday party or I got something that I got to go get a gift for. I just jump on Amazon now, right? So I, I can't even imagine not. The idea of going to the mall, to go into a store, to get a gift, its that's almost like foreign to me. Monster Beverage. Price target lowered to 68 from $70 over at Stifle. There's continued divergence between reported sales and scanner data. It's concerning. Sales growth disappointed. Some destocking of trade inventories by retailers, uh, exasperated by the regulatory overhang, weaker sales growth, and untracked channels. But the super caffeinated beverage... It's not carbonated, whether it's Monster or Rockstar, continues to be, you know, an area that Coca-Colas and the Pepsis have tried to get into on their own similar type drink. It's not happening. Big IPO today for a company called CVET, ticker symbol CVT. They're a cloud-based enterprise management platform that provides solutions for both sides of the events and meetings value chain. Basically, it allows event planners to organize, market, and manage their conferences, meetings, or trade shows, while also connecting them to the database of detailed hotel and venue information throughout its search engine. Okay. I can't really get excited about that IPO. You know, I'm going to do a little event and charge a couple dollars someone to come hear me speak. That's the basic, but obviously they're much bigger than that. So when you get into it, you know, more than 200,000 venues, whether it's an appropriate hotel or venue, lets you contact potential venues, secure competitive proposals from them. Once a venue is chosen, planner then can create a budget, market the event through social media, send invitations, create and utilize pre-event surveys, process registrations, manage fee collections, and management logistics. That's pretty good. Like, I, I started, I'm starting to see the value here. Again, I'm so far away from having the knowledge to, you know, say anything about this IPO. Ticker symbol is CVT. If you look at its revenue, revenue growth was up 35% last year. Now, that means the revenue growth was not that impressive when you look at it from a standpoint. Only $83.5 million. They expect revenue growth to continue. Okay, so when you start a business, first year you do $10, second year you do 20 Next year, you do 40 and jump to 100. But then it's a little bit tougher to you know, continue to grow. So if their best growth rate is at 35%, that's going to help you value the thing. Um, the fastest growth in subscribers for Facebook happened before they went IPO. The fastest growth for the company happened before they went IPO. Some people say you came public a little bit too late. So Cvent came public at $21. First trade was $38. Whoa. There's another one out there today. Uh, Midstream Partners. Another one out there, WorldPoint. A lot of IPOs this morning. There's one called Mixed Telematics, a South African provider of um, you know software based platform that allows business to track, monitor, and manage their commercial fleets. There's, I know there was a, what was it? What was it? 
I saw one that was a biotech company. I can't see it right now. Franks International is the biggest IPO today. They do tubular services for the oil and gas industry. There's an oil and gas revolution going on in the United States. So back to CVent. What can I throw out about it? Not that much. I yeah, I don't have any more financials on it, unfortunately. Um, one notable metric is adjusted EBITDA earnings before interest taxation, depreciation, amortization margin came in above expectations in the last quarter. Each calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, one last thought on cable. I'll, I'll serve it up to you in the next break because last year we saw a big fight between like Comcast and you know uh, the, the sports station that did the hockey games. And this year we're seeing a big fight between Time Warner Cable and which for New York City, Dallas, and L.A., and CBS. And CBS has no problems selling their shows to the cable company, selling their platforms to the cable company. But on top of that, they have no problem selling them to Netflix or Amazon Prime or others. So they license their content to others. So they're slowly moving away from that cable slash satellite business and getting into the internet service as well. I think we're going to pay more usage fees for videos, for TVs and movies watched over the internet as cable companies try to recover losses from traditional network agreements. So I think we're looking for higher everything in the short term as the cable companies panic. You know, this is the week that we started talking about for the first time that apps will eventually take over cable channels. Why have a cable box when you have a wireless connection to your TV? Get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. You're the Rob Black and your money. You can find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. We'll take a break here. Be right back. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Last night in a collegiate summer league game in Northern California, a player got hit in the head with a pitch. It's the 13th time this summer season that he's been hit, which basically makes him, you know, it's been pretty bad. Um... He threw his bat at the pitcher. That kind of stuff has to stop. <clears throat> I understand intentionally hitting of batters should stop too. But throwing a baseball bat is a criminal act. It's crazy. Parents, ugh. Can you imagine had that bat hit the guy? He would have been charged. So, And his life could have been dramatically different. California, that's one strike. Today we got the S&P 500 down 3, the Dow down 52, the NASDAQ down fractions. 
Let's go to a phone call, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Robert in San Jose. Robert? Hey, Rob. Just checking in with you. What do you think about you as you? I got in a while back. Worked about uh, 17, and then I got right back out because it took a dump. But it looked like it went right back up. Just want to know what you think about it. It's down 5% today. It's a play on uranium, which is not popular to say the least. It was popular until Fukushima. Um, that kind of ruined it for nuclear power for a while. Um, let me talk a little about it, and thanks for the call. USEC, they basically beat radioactive swords into enriched uranium. And the company processes used uranium, most of which comes from old Russian nuclear atomic warheads, and they turn it into enriched uranium, which it then supplies for commercial nuclear power plants. Um, I think it was Reagan, although I could be totally wrong. It could have been. Wow, I'm totally wrong. I, my knowledge on who started the megatons to megawatts program is out of my head, but I remember the program, and it could have been Clinton. It could have been one of the, the, the first Bush, Granddaddy Bush. But USEC develops low-enriched uranium for the nuclear materials industry and also processes uranium for the U.S. Department of Energy. Um, it's recently been added, and, you know, this was a $160 stock before um, Fukushima and the nuclear power plant destruction in Japan. Um, it's, usually, it's just recently been added for regulation show. Now, you're saying, what the hell is regulation show? Regulation implemented on January 3, 2005, that seeks to update legislations concerning short sale practices. Regulation show established locate and close out standards that are primarily aimed at preventing the opportunity for unethical traders to engage in naked short selling practices. So this is a, I'm not going to say a civil war, because it's not that dramatic. But I don't see a case for owning the stock. There is no news on the stock. There is nothing. Um, some of their competitors, CCJ, USU, URG, URZ. Um, I, if you can make a case, and I, I know that Duke University just recently said they're going to shut down their research on nuclear energy. If you can make a case for it, do. But taking a look at the valuation, taking a look at things along those lines, you know, it's got a $96 million market cap. It doesn't earn money. To me, a $96 million market cap means it's small. And a $96 million market cap means that if someone like Con Edison, someone who's got some nuclear power plants in their uh, footprint, why wouldn't they buy them? The company's profit margins are negative 70%. If I were to give you a relatable, you're a fit, healthy 25-year-old man making six figures and a 13-year-old girl with braces who's maybe 80 pounds says she likes you. That may not be a good investment for you. Now, of course, she may turn out to be, she may blossom into the most beautiful woman in the world and win Miss Universe. But I wouldn't count on it. The cash on the company is $71 million, and they're worth $90 million. I'm just going to say pass. It's, it's too small of a player. Now, again, 
Robert, here's the thing. You might be going to Casino Matrix tonight, which I find to be one of the most ridiculously stupid clubs in all of the Bay Area. Why? Because to play a hand of blackjack, you have to give the, do- give the house a dollar. Like, what's that all about? You automatically lose a dollar per hand? Because it's a club. It's not a casino. Anyhow, um, yeah, you know, could it could it absolutely move higher from here? Sure. But a stock that's gone from 160 to 17, 15, it's also telling you that things aren't good. Now, can you make more money that way? Absolutely. I... It's just not my cup of tea. And again, I'm, I'm sorry that I can't jump behind you and go, you know what? You're right. This is just awesome. Totally awesome. So JCPenney is down another 2.5% today. Basically, the board slammed Bill Ackman for a letter in which he criticized the board's failure to find a longer-term solution for CEO. The board of directors are important. And I would look at the board of directors of JCPenney's and probably say, you know what, this company's been running to decline. The stores have been falling apart. Board is died. Like, anywhere that they go, I won't. Now, Dr. Eric Schmidt, who once worked at Sun Microsystems, left to run Novell, took Novell from like a $3 stock to an $18 stock, left to join Google. Anywhere he goes, for the record, I don't know if this is great or if it's creepy, but he's got a wife and a girlfriend, and the wife doesn't care. That's just, like, isn't that like TV fodder? Anyhow, he also bought, a, like, a $17 million apartment in New York recently, and then he spent millions of dollars soundproofing it because he's a light sleeper. Kind of nice to be Dr. <laughs> Schmidt, right? Or you just don't care how you're spending your money. Um, wholesale inventories fell in June for the third straight month. That's good news. That's bad news. Inventories are go make something, and I'm going to make a car. Okay, I'm going to make a, a boat. And if the inventories are falling, you need to make them more, which means future economic activity. Or it's telling you, that the owners of the companies don't think people would be buying said cars and said boats. Dendrian shares down 16% on poor Provence outlook. Dendrian slumped 16%. Its sale of its prostate cancer Provence weaker than expected revenue. It doesn't expect enough of a sales increase in the second half of the year to meet its goal of increasing Provence sales year over year. It was approved in 2010 after a lengthy review process. Um, some competition from some other con- uh, cancer drug companies like Johnson & Johnson and Astellas Pharma. Overall, Dendrian reported a loss of $68 million for the quarter. So, yeah, I can see why they're lower. Dendrian once was working on a technology or a drug that could turn, like, um, hardened arteries soft again. And they were doing the experiments on Reese monkeys. And I had a friend who was a Reese monkey handler for Dendrian. And I said, how's that? She goes, it's incredibly discouraging. Yeah, right? Um, Blackberry. They're starting to talk about going private. If we had the death dirge, we'd be playing it right now. 
but we don't. We may play Happy Birthday instead. But um, the Death Dirts, dun, 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 dun. Blackberry could be mulling the idea of going private. It's a change of tone on the board. CEO Thorsten Hines and the board possibly go private. Basically shut down their phone business and start negotiating enterprise software relationships would be the idea. They've got dwindling subscriber numbers. Sources say BlackBerry has recently held talks with Silver Lake Partners about collaborating in its enterprise computing division. It's interesting to note that Silver Lake is currently in a fight to take Dell private. If that buyout happens, Silver Lake could collaborate BlackBerry over mobile computing. You know, neither BlackBerry or Silver Lake could be reached for comment, but they're done, right? Now, for BlackBerry... And again, the stock, here's the, here's the funny, funny thing about that. And I know you're saying it's not that funny. Um, they're done, in my opinion, and yet the stock's going up. My price target on BlackBerry, meh, I'm not going to say zero, because there's some value in the enterprise and in the patents. But the day Apple came out with the iPhone, it's been short BlackBerry. You know who I hate is Kramer. Because he loved BlackBerry for such a long time, and he, he only recently started saying, it's over, it's over. But he loved it at 70, he loved it at 60, he loved it at 50, he loved it at 40, he loved it at 30. And then right around 25, he didn't love it anymore. He used to call it one of his four horsemen. Anyway, ratings at CNBC down 30% year over year. They're struggling hard. We're going to take a break here. Fire up the caffeine. You can call the show 800-516-1220. Just call and talk today. How about love advice? Any ladies need love advice? Any men need tips and hints and tricks? Pick up the phone and call Dr. Love. 800-516-1220. I'm Rob Black. Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. It's mine. Mine Breaking Bad creator, AMC Networks, is a publicly traded company. Breaking Bad returns this Sunday. Don't expect a good show from me on Monday. I'm going to be a wreck. Tell me that right now. Um, publicly traded AMC Networks. And think of something like Mad Men and Breaking Bad and Walking Dead all on AMC. And let's say you missed them. You can go binge view at Netflix and catch up and... Ten years from now, you could show your kid, my boy, my boy, sit down. I'm going to show you the best zombie show ever. I'd be like, whatever. I like the new zombie dancing show. 
and you'll you'll freak them out because you'll have seen something cool. Um, AMC Networks makes money from cable companies. They have to pay a carriage fee. I think they had a fight last year with um, DirecTV or Dish Networks about how much they could charge per you know house. And DirecStar, DirecTV, just networks basically said, screw you guys, y'all are asking for too much for too few viewers. And then the zombie show started. People said, I'm going to cut satellite and I'm going to go to cable unless you... And they did. Now, what's unfair to cable companies, AMC also went to Netflix and said, hey, you guys want this? Hulu, you want this? Hey, how about a little company over in, in Norway? You want this? We'll give you some of this. You give us money, of course, for licensing it. So AMC also has the Twilight films, which, who's a fan of the Twilight film? Raise your hand. If you raised your hand, you need a lobotomy. Come to the Rob Black Lobotomy Clinic this weekend. Running from 11.30 to 11.45, I use a, a real spork that I once got as a wedding gift. I know you're saying, you were married. I was married to a Playboy model for under a year. <laughs> But you don't think that's on my resume right at the top? I'm embarrassed by it. That's the funny thing is is how much divorce causes some people shame, some people anger, um, some people fear. You know, what, what's going to happen to me financially? I was interviewing a divorce mediator yesterday named Paula Lahan. And, um, you know, my divorce cost $3,500 because she was openly cheating with a guy who was on the board of directors of a French company. And I basically said, you know, I've got a lot of evidence that you left your computer on like a fool. On Here's how I caught her. And this is ridiculous. First and foremost, she never went out with girls. She's like, oh, well, I'm going to go out with the girls one night. That was kind of a sign. She, wasn't, she didn't really like women. Um, then she left her computer on with an open email, like, boo. This is going to change. I think self-destructive emails may be a thing of the future, as self-destructing photos already are now with Snapchat. Um, but yeah, so this French guy in France, which is where French guys are, uh, he emailed her and said, if your apartment were to catch on fire, what three things would you grab? And one was like her Edgar Allan Poe book. Two was her phone so she can call him. And three was... Maybe her purse or something ridiculous. So I asked her. I'm at dinner, and I got a stack of these stupid emails that she kept sending back and forth. And I don't think she ever crossed a physical line at that point, but maybe. Um, she worked at a makeup company. He worked at a uh, Louis Vuitton, Moy Hennessy. I said at dinner, I said, so if there were a fire, could you possibly grab me? And then I said, let's mediate this and get it over with. And that's what we did. So there's no sense in the state of California to lawyer up and get a divorce attorney because you can't screw someone over financially. It's a no-fault state. So why spend $100,000? Why spend your nest egg on a no-fault state? So even if one person did something horrible to the other, you're not going to get more. So it's a pretty fair state when it comes to divorce, but the attorneys, they'll be more than happy to intercept messages, to pass on messages, to drag it out for you. Some attorneys really want to do well by you, and some attorneys really want to charge you every 15, for 15 minutes for a phone call that last one minute. 
So I, I highly recommend mediation. On Tuesday, the girl's creator, Lena Dunham, said something kind of interesting. She was a fundraiser in Manhattan, and she said gentrification will seriously screw up our city. Real estate prices and rental prices have gone way, way, way up, and yet wages haven't. What can you do about it when landlords can raise rents and that pushes? And again, we've had gentrification in the Bay Area for a long time, a long time. What used to be a very artsy city is now a lot of 20-year-old, 30-year-old douchebags that live in San Francisco that work at Google, and it's their own little playground now. Literally, Google employees and Facebook employees will buy a place in San Francisco, and they'll pay 30% above the market because it's just money that they can burn. So it's just stock option money. Why not? So anyway, is it a good thing to push artists out? Again, keep in mind, I tend not to like artists. I tend to try to taser them and block them up in my basement because they're, they're, they're smelly, smelly hippies, as I like to refer to them. Um, but yeah, I think it does ruin a lot of culture. You know, when you talk about Prop 13 and how we should, re, you know, stop Prop 13, and all the old people are like, I'd have to be forced to move out of the state. I'm like, perfect. We could live in a beautiful place of young, beautiful, good-looking, working employees. But, yeah, you do lose the grandparents in the state. So there is some positives and negatives with gentrification. But Hell's Kitchen gentrified in New York City 30 years ago. It used to be a rough place. And now it's boobly good. What are you irreverent? We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in, we'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black with my sidekick, my Ed McMahon, who comes in basically every other Friday or something like that, Tony Mendez. Hey, Rob. Cisco, give me a hi-ho. Hey-o! There you go. So, I love how stocks can have this crazy dichotomy. Eating McDonald's overseas is considered a major status symbol. Eating McDonald's in the United States basically means you're close to homeless or a millennial. The developing world has fallen big time for Footlong's Big Macs extra crispy chicken tenders. So, despite early signs that fast food diet is no healthier in Beijing than in Boston, consumers who are new to the middle class dining enjoy the health risks of the high-fat, high-sodium fare that Americans now seek to avoid. So that's on one hand, right? And on the other hand, McDonald's is doing everything they can to get basically broke people back into their stores in the United States. To me, McDonald's is a play on real estate. 
McDonald's is a play on volume, volume, volume. I would never confuse McDonald's with, you know, healthy food, nor should you. It's when you're lost in a third world country and you're tired of eating octopus or insects. Um, it's surprisingly tasty, but it's not your first choice, and it's certainly not a staple. They're trying to get broke customers back into their stores in the United States, and they recently announced sales up 1.7%, well above the three-tenths of a percent that Wall Street had expected. Yeah, their Egg White Delight sandwich is basically the Egg McMuffin with an egg white and white cheddar. It's popular. It's driving sales. The company also released the McWrap in a blueberry pomegranate smoothie. What's interesting to note about McDonald's is there's probably four sections of time during the day. Morning, lunch, afternoon, evening. Is that fair? And anyone who's in retail has that same kind of angle. How do we get people, like Walmart stays open 24 hours during the Christmas season because they know that people will wander in and they can justify keeping the lights turned on. Starbucks, when you go into a Starbucks at 8 o'clock at night, there's really no one there. Except for the hipsters. <laughs> In my hometown. Oh, good golly. Um, I don't even know if I want to say this because if it gets back to him. We've got a hipster who's not really a hipster. He's a baby boomer who plays guitar outside Starbucks. and I so badly want to John Belushi him. Grab the guitar and smash it on the ground. You know, he's singing little songs. He's not very good at it. He's got on his little suspenders. And he's grayer than gray. And he's kind of got that alcoholic, uh, he looks preserved look. Not a good look. Anyway, I digress. So McDonald's, they've figured out mornings, lunches, dinners, and evenings. They've figured it out. Taco Bell has kind of started figuring out. They're coming out with that new horrific-looking waffle taco for breakfast, which just looks wrong on so many levels, but it may drive some people into their stores in the mornings. E. Jones in for a waffle taco. That looks pretty good. <laughs> it's got syrup, egg, and just sausage. Yeah, and a waffle. Um, and again, it's, it's it's interesting how much innovation goes into it with McDonald's versus how little innovation has gone into Apple in the last couple of years. Ooh, not a good day on Wall Street. This isn't good. This is. I'm glad I'm sticking around one-story buildings today. And I'm going to put a mat outside the one-story buildings just in case I get the urge to jump. The S&P 500 is down 7. The Dow is down 104. The Nasdaq is down 10. We basically had a glorious year. We are hitting new record highs every week. I was getting ready to tell the boss to go and shove it because, woohoo, we're up 21% for the year. Ooh, we're up 22% for the year. And now we've kind of cooled off and we're down 3% from where we were. I'm not that upset. What I'm upset by is Sharknado has already got a name for the sequel. Do you know the name for the new sequel? No, what is it? Sharknado 2, the next one. I'm not making That's that up. That's as original as the waffle. But I love it. So. Um, and you know what they did? They, they let Twitter followers name it and come up with it. The next one is genius. Sharknado, the next one. Um, Twitter was a big success for them. Twitter's going to come public later this year, I believe. 
And I find Twitter to be very, very useful. Uh, what used to be me running through web pages to find news, I now scroll through an app. And I believe that could be ported into a television as easily as it was ported into a cell phone. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. Ten-year treasury sits at 2.6%. Gold sits up 6 bucks at 12.91. Oil sits up fractions at $104 a barrel. Tony Mendez is with Bay Area Loan Source. He does a lot of loans and lending. Um, I find him to be a very viable tool based on knowledge of the real estate markets and knowledge of what's working or not working. I was surprised at just how hot the con- I'm not no, no, I'm not surprised. The condo market and townhouse market's on fire. It's on fire. It's it's kind of interesting. I've been saying that for two or three years now, and uh, you've been giving me a lot of crap about it. I know that. Um, but it's one of the hottest markets right now. People who bought in 2009, 10, and 11 are looking at possibly even selling and making good profits. You can imagine that. Because right now, there's not a lot of inventory. People are snarfing these things up. And the, the thing about condos, they're always in really decent areas. Yeah, they can be a little bit costly, and the HOA dues are going up, and they never go down, ever go down. And it's hard to get financing because a lot of these HOAs end up suing the developer for some faulty gutter or piping or something. But, you know, it's a, it can be a decent investment, especially for the people in, in the Bay Area because they're looking to downsize right now. Uh, Single-family home prices have, have skyrocketed. Our average price right now is going to it's going to go higher than 555. It's going to probably hit 575 in the next um, report. And I know that sounds crazy. I mean, it's not that far off from the, the 665 we were at in 2007, but condos are, are booming right now. One area that I'm going to correct you on is that I haven't been giving you a lot of crap about condos and townhouses in the Bay Area. I don't like condos and townhouses in Des Moines, Iowa. I don't like condos and townhouses in Sacramento. When there's a lot of land, when you look left and right, that's when I have a big problem with them. But right now, 20-something millennials, they're more than willing to buy a condo or a townhouse. Um, baby boomers who have a million-dollar house, they're more than willing to downsize and pull money out of their their home to live off. Yeah, they're showing it right now in San Francisco. The average condo, one bedroom, is about 600000 Yeah. If you can imagine that. Now, the nice thing about that is millennials want to be close to work. Yeah. And they want to be close to downtown. And if they're millennials that are working at Facebook or Visa or... Um, Google, they can take a bus down 101 with other employees on a Wi-Fi bus and still party and live in one of the greatest cities in the world, San Francisco. Yep. But again, would I buy a townhouse in Stockton? Not a chance. So I remember those townhouse days, you know, coming out of college and, you know, your neighbor takes your parking space and you're like, and you're like, okay, I'll just park far away and I'll walk. And then, and then he... You take his space, and he tows you. So, I don't like I don't like living with people. By the way, it's not Sharknado the next one; it's Sharknado the second one. Okay, just saying. Then I have I'm an expert at loans and Sharknado. Stop correcting me, please. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. I'm Rob Black.
Bob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. One-third of America's massive federal student loan debt is either late or in default. That's not good. Daycare is so expensive in New York that parents are taking out loans for daycare. In California, we've got pre-preschools. And then there's preschool. And then there's kindergarten. Whatever happened to mom staying home and playing with the kids and going on play dates? Child care in New York City costs upwards of $13,000 a year. Private pre-K classes, $30,000 a year. Okay, am I making this up? No. In 2011, more than 28,000 applicants vied for 19,000 pre-K slots in the city's public schools. Now, of course, we all want the best for our children. But you mix that story with college costs skyrocketing, and I'm going to tell you, I'm right on one thing. Someone like Facebook or Google, you can start a university, and we're going to become more of a skills-based nation and less of a college-based nation. It, it has to happen. The cost of educating a thorough, complete child, it's, it's getting ridiculous. It is ridiculous. I mean, what am I saying? It is ridiculous. And sadly, I can't make that up. I know people that pay $8,000 a year to send a four-year-old to school. I pity the fool. Is that Mr. T? How you doing, T? Long time no talk. That's right, Jack. God, I love it when you call into this show. Mr. T was my favorite. You know what I really liked was Mr. T's cereal. Are you crazy? I'm not crazy, but this paying $4,000, $8,000 to send a four-year-old to school is crazy. That's right, Jack. You got any more for me, Mr. T? Because it seems to me like you're a little limited on your selection of uh, vocal cues today. No more Mr. Nice Guy. No more Mr. Nice Guy. Yeah, the stock market's got you a little cranky, huh? Getting a little bit of pullback, a little J.C. Penney's hitting lows and... Um, Priceline hitting highs at $1,000 a share. Verizon gaining FDA clearance for remote health monitoring solution. Well, that's a, that's a nice piece of news, don't you think? Come on, you can do better than that. Oh, no, 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 no. It's the idea of how can we help healthcare get cheaper. And Like, my mom's a shut-in. We all know that. She's had a couple strokes. She likes watching TV. She used to sit there and watch Stone Phillips all day long. I love Stone Phillips. I know you're like 78, 79 years old, Mom, and you're lusting after a TV news anchor. Can you even change the channel? I don't know how. So she was stuck on one channel watching Stone Phillips. I pity my mom. But now, anyway, Verizon's gained clearance for remote health monitoring solution. I love that because then I don't have to check in on my mom as much. I know you're saying, you're a bad son. But you know what? I'm an honest son. One thing I am is honest to a fault, and uh, I like the idea of cable companies 
and telco companies getting into other forms of business because service serving us television platform um, serving us media content they're not long for that world if that will change in our lifetime Tony Mendez BayAreaLensource.com. You recently got a Netflix subscription. Yeah, I love it. Most of the, your content go in there and most of your live sports on cable? Is that how you divide everything now? Kind of. Um, I don't watch tape sports. I have to watch it live. So okay. I still watch the occasional football. I watched a football game last night. It was kind of slow. It's like I kept turning the channel. The score never changed. You know, I was hoping the 49ers would do something. Too many quarterbacks going in. Oh, good God. Preseason football. Yeah, I know. But, you know, you kind of get a good feeling of what what the coaches are looking at. Did you at. get any feeling? Because I watched no. maybe like three minutes of it. No. It honestly was like maybe flag football at best. No, but uh, honest, I love Netflix. So something that I've been doing is just going and looking at other people's um, top ten picks. And there's some really good movies out there. I love, absolutely love Netflix. And what movie did you recently see? Um, I watched Big Fish. What's Big Fish about? Um... It's Ewan McGregor, okay. and he is a young kid in a, in a small town, and he's, he's bigger than the town, and he goes out in the big world, and oh. it's, it's a Tim Burton movie. I think there was a Ewan McGregor fishing movie where he goes to, like, Thailand to learn to fish. Um, catching, tr- it was a trout movie. Um, but yeah, I, and it, it almost won an Academy Award. Yeah. So, but see, I don't see many movies anymore. No, but shoots, it's all good guy shoots bad guy, bad guy dies. I've I've watched all the shows that we either tape DVR yeah. or watch uh, can all be done on Netflix. You know what I want to do is I want to become an attorney to represent bad guys in movies and like <laughs> Wile E. Coyote. Because why do they keep buying bullets? They're buying bad guy bullets that never hit me. Target. And then Coyote, he gets keeps getting product that keeps blowing up on him and. He's got a good lawsuit on his hand. So, in my opinion. I was a kid, and this, this tells you a little bit about me as an investor. Is uh, I always wanted the Coyote to get the damn Roadrunner once. I wanted the Rabbit to get a bowl of tricks once. We teach our kids to taunt. And are we surprised when a school bus has three children basically beating the tar out of a kid? Because we teach them that. We don't give the Rabbit. We don't teach to share. Give the rabbit a ball. That's my opinion. You know what we used to go as kids? I had four brothers. We'd get a box of Lucky Charms. I would go through and eat all the marshmallows. <laughs> if there was a prize in it, I'd always like instantly go in and get the prize, and it just created like a lot of tension in my family. Okay, um, when was the last time you were in at J.C. Penney's? Uh, we bought a bed there. Did you? Yeah, that's at um, the mall right down here. Emeryville? No, in um, well, Southland Mall. Okay. So that's surprising. You know, it was good, the right price. You know, I, I go by that mall every time I come down to the show, and it's always busy, right in front of JCPenney's. One area that I strongly, strongly believe people should pay top dollar off for? A bed. Mattress. Oh, absolutely. You spend one-third of your day on it. You need sleep to live. You don't sleep, you die. I highly recommend. But you know what also it says? Go on Macy's 50% off day. The one day of the year where they give 50% off basically everything in the store. That's when you want to buy your mattress. I don't believe in the Mancini's. In the, I don't believe in the mattress stores. Um, because I used to know one of the guys who left the S off for savings. And basically he told me mattresses are made in Mexico from next to nothing. 
And that's why they're able to spend crazy amounts of money advertising on sports radio stations. So, Okay, you can find Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com. He's got a nice bed. He likes sharks movies. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back. I promise we'll get on some serious content when we come back. It's Rob Black and your money. Although I do think my advice on mattress was pretty good advice. It's good, great advice. So, it was Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. Just so everyone knows, I've been wearing a hoodie far longer than Trayvon Martin, far longer than Mark Zuckerberg. It's my thing for radio. It allows me to, I don't know, stay warm in cold mornings. Something people don't know is that sometimes it sounds like I don't do a lot of prep for the show, but I do a lot of prep for the show. I prep an hour in the evening, I prep an hour in the morning, getting up at 4.30, um, but sometimes I have to drive like 45 minutes and it's cold in the mornings. So I'm a hoodie guy. I know you're saying, thanks, Rob. You said you're going to get some good content this segment. Get to it. Um, Detroit, they're having a problem with pensions. And what's interesting to note about that is they're underfunded by $3.5 billion. The city has $18 billion in liabilities and they're going bankrupt. Now, the angles on this are fascinating. Pension funds invest in a mix of assets, typically stocks, fixed income. It's sometimes tough to figure out the true market value. You have one great year and your pension looks well-funded. Pensions are going the way of the dodo bird. The only area that I see pensions surviving in the long term will be police and fire, teachers, servants to our government, like the DMV. I don't think they should get pensions. I would like to see the DMV, and I know... That's pissing someone off. Some servants to our government, like some cartographers. Ooh. I think we need to privatize more of our government. And I know, like, the cartographer who comes and cartographies and puts up a tree or takes down a tree and makes sure the the shoreline is safe. And, yeah, they're important positions. We just can't afford them. We can't afford to promise someone we're going to pay you for 60 years after after you stop working. Firefighters, we have to. Because, trust me right now, if there's a fire, I'm not going in a building. I'm going to watch that baby burn. So, Detroit's got a big problem. Now, Detroit has a lot of artwork. They could sell their artwork and get out of bankruptcy, but they're not doing it. But also, Detroit's got an interesting situation where real estate is so cheap. People are moving to Detroit now to get in on that cheap real estate in case the city comes back. One of the areas that Detroit's betting on is Arugula. And now you're saying, Arugula? Yeah, 
They're trying to set up farms now. I know, this world changes in so many funny little ways, doesn't it? So their bankruptcy is creating an opportunity where you go, I don't want to live there because they're bankrupt. Now, like Vallejo goes bankrupt and a lot of pot dealers move in because the cops, basically, they're too lean. So, you know, go out and enforce. So prostitutes and pot. I know you're saying, I know what I'm doing this weekend. You're going to watch Belmont in the Little League World Series tonight. And you're going to pull for Northern California. I love Little League, watching Little League, because the kids cry. It's the best thing in the world. I know you're saying, no, it's not. Last night, the kid drops a, a fly ball. No, 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 no. He, he thought it was a foul ball, so he didn't pick it up. So it ends up being an inside-the-park home run. And before the guy even crosses home plate, the guy's wailing. Something about 12-year-old boys crying on national TV. It's both cruel and wonderful. So it, and now the stakes get higher and higher as you know the nations start playing each other. I don't know. It's probably one of my favorite tournaments next to the World Cup. <laughs> I don't know why. There's something wrong with me. Okay, so back back to Tony Mendez. Um, let's talk about real estate. What are you seeing right now as far as loan size? What's the typical loan size coming through your office? Um, it's increased. And, and what I did this on the show the other day, and I talked about how our average price here, or the median price here in the Bay Area is five fifty five which means that 25% down now is over the conforming limit, 417. So you're either looking more money down or you're getting a higher loan amount at, at that higher category, which is called high balance conforming, So, uh, which is uh, spending a higher rate. The people looking at more alternatives with these higher loan amounts, like ARMS, um, looking buying more points, trying to get more seller concessions, but they're not really getting those seller concessions in this type of market. But, uh, yeah, loan sizes have increased. So people are looking at more options to do, to uh, lower their payments on a monthly basis. We were just talking earlier about debt consolidation. A lot of people doing refinances now are looking at debt consolidations. Over the last three, four, five years during the recession, a lot of people ran up some credit card debt. Now that home prices are coming up and rates are starting to go up, a lot of people are saying, you know what? Debt consolidation is something that we could consider. If you have a credit card, and even if you're paying the minimum 2% payment, it's dollar for dollar. You're getting about $0.30 cents per dollar. You'll pay $0.30 cents per dollar in a mortgage than you will on a, a, at the current rates, than you would on a credit card. So a lot of people are saying, you know what, I can lower my payments by 60%, 70% by rolling it into a mortgage. So there's a lot of things that are going on right now. Um, just like when rates are low and people have the opportunity to manage their debt as equities increase, people have a, a, the ability to manage other types of debt in their, in their financial situation. What do you think about the story this week? Um, and it seems to have bipartisan support. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac should go private. Um, Obama's saying it, you know, why should the government be on the hook to bail out mortgages that are secured through Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac? Secured through Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac basically implies the notion that they're the source of cash, and then, like, maybe a bank goes to them, like a J.P. Morgan, and then a J.P. Morgan goes to somebody like where you work, Bay Area Loan Source, and helps fund your loan. So there's two or three players that get low-cost money, which ultimately turns into you know, like quarter percent money turns into one percent money. They make their money and they sell it to you, and it's two percent money. You sell it to a, a, a homeowner at three and a half percent, so you make your money. Everyone gets a piece of that pie. What do you think about the idea, the concept of taking out the super ultra low government side of it with uh, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac? I, I think it's an interesting idea, and I, I talked about this last week. It's called PATH, Protecting American Taxpayers and Homeowners Act. Uh, it's basically an attempt to create a sustainable housing financial system for America and 
a way to bring back the private sector. And basically, it's going to eliminate Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, but, and Obama's going to support this. Uh, you know, remember privatizing money was similar to what happened during the, the mid early 2000s when a lot of the loans were going to these NEGAM loans, these uh, stated income loans. Those are all portfolio loans. It's another way of saying a portfolio loan. So creating the competition also created, it also left the, the lenders, these large banks, the ability to create their own types of, of loans products. We're, there's lenders right now that do portfolio loans that do like a, what they call uh, asset depletion loans, and they, they have creative guidelines. So it could be creative as far as helping a lot more people, mm-hmm. but it, it could also open the door for different high and higher rates. One, one guy, and I just happened to have my, my notes from the old show, he said um, that if... If it is fully implemented, rates could go up for the average person, you know, generally. Yeah. So we're looking at higher rates. So it's it just means you want to keep your credit better. If this happens, better credit, better equity, better income, and you'll stay a paper. If not, it's going to be like the old subprime. So the CEO of Quicken Loans this week talked a little bit about it, and he said, you know, mortgage rates are near record lows right now. Real estate prices aren't going to get hurt from the move from three and a half to four and a half percent. Maybe if it was moved to six and a half percent, that would be a retardant to the growth of uh, people's affordability. But he was going out on record saying that. I think the future of, of mortgages, and I'm talking not dystopian future, but more like 10 to 15 years, and it's not going to be all that bad, but I think mortgages should be sold on, on, on Wall Street. I think you know you'll be able to say, "Ooh, I could use that thirty year at six and a half." Yeah, I mean, you might be right. It could be a bumpy road yeah. to begin with. You have to remember right now that that you know the lenders might actually fight this a little bit because they're making a ton of money as the interest rates are low. The the the, the, the they're buying it so cheap. The spread. If you were to go back and look at two thousand five, six, and seven, and look at the spread between what they're buying it and what they're selling it at. It's half of what they are today, what they're getting today. So they're making a lot of money today on that spread. Yes, they have a lot of red tape and a lot of costs now in between and regulations, and that they say is taking up a lot of this profit. But you know, the competition, like I said, it, if if it's not the typical type of loan, it's going to end up at higher rates. That's my my opinion. But it might work out on Wall Street. Another real estate story, California City of Richmond said this week that it's ready to take an extraordinary step in its bid to stop foreclosures, threatening to take mortgages from investors who now control them and use eminent domain. Yep. So what they're going to do here is they're going to force the lenders to either come to a compromise with the owners of these properties or they're going to basically force all the lenders out and they're going to take the properties over in eminent domain and then restructure the loans to keep the people in the properties. Um, what's interesting about this is it could set a precedent for other cities in the United States um, to the point where the, the lenders are lobbying saying, if this actually happens, we may actually say, if you're in a city uh, with eminent domain, we're not going to lend to you, or we're going to ban Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac to, uh, to operate there. Eminent domain refinancing could temporarily benefit underwater borrowers in specific markets. It could let low-income people stay in their homes. Um, but it's pretty crazy, eminent domain in California. The building we're sitting in right now, and I don't know all the data. I've only been told on occasion, so it may be incorrect. But we're in Fremont, California, and Fremont, everyone talks about how great it is, and I don't see it. It's just, I see a lot of strip malls. I see a lot of restaurants that come here and die. I see claim jumpers is the most, you know, busiest restaurant, and that's disgusting. I'm a bit of a restaurant snob, for the record. Um, although I do like chicken fried steak. 
Um, oh. I'm kidding. So you're gonna <laughs> love, no, no. You're going to love that Taco Bell waffle then. I will not eat the Taco Bell waffle. But anyway, they're talking about using eminent domain. We're sitting on top of a bank right now. They're talking about destroying this building to turn it into a cute downtown, which I highly endorse. But telling a bank you're going to have to move, that's... What's good for the many? That's gutsy. It's expensive. What's, well, they have to help pay it. The move. What's good for the many? Oh, good God. I grok. Yo, this is Rob Black and your buddy. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Two very vague references there. You can find Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. J.P. Morgan and Bank of America both got sued this week by the United States government over mortgages that should never have been issued. What's interesting to note about this, this is from five years ago, six years, seven years ago. America loves arresting people, getting one person to be the fall guy. To me, the CEO of Countrywide, Mozilla, Lou Mozilla, probably had something to do with Don't chase me, bro! Don't chase me! Mortgage-backed securities were created when Bank of America and J.P. Morgan would you know, get 100 loans and put them all together and kind of hurt the financial system when some of those loans that should never have been lent started collapsing. So $850 million lawsuit against Bank of America is nothing. It's no big deal. What it is is it stops them from focusing on banking. They're focusing on hiring lawyers and keeping people out of jail. There was one employee of Bank of America who was told, you know, um, don't, you know, you got five minutes to go over that loan application. Don't spend too much time on it. So, yeah, I, I think there's some accountability on that side, but, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. I think there's also some accountability on the people that took out the loans. Well, don't, don't start there. A lot of people are really touchy about that. I know, but a lot of people shouldn't have taken out loans. Um, yeah, there was a lot of pointing fingers. Um, brokers, lenders, um, the feds not having enough guidelines on the, on the lenders. There was a point in time where lenders were coming to our offices saying, they weren't saying this is the best product for the client. This is the best product for you to make the most amount of money. And it just happened. Those were the loans that were the the ones that went uh, belly up for most people. Negam loans, interest only, stated income loans. Um, I I just got a, an advertisement, and they're still happening. I just got an advertisement the other day for a uh, – it was a card. It was for a company. He said, call us, and we will verify your income for you. We will create W-2s, paycheck stubs, and verify your income to help you get your car loan, auto loan, or house loan. Or It was crazy. And, and that was kind of reminded me of what it was like back then when the lenders were just pretty much taking anything. What's interesting to note about all this is that President Barack Obama was taking some questions on housing in a Zillow chat earlier this week taking questions in an online event. He's very confident about what he's saying. He's very happy to see the rebound in real estate prices. But one in three millennials live at home. 
And a millennial said, what are you going to do for us? We get what you did for Rob Black. His house is at an all-time high. We get what you're doing for future college kids by saying that, you know, they only have to put 10% of their paycheck into paying back their loan. After 20 years, the loan goes away completely. Um, but we graduated with a lot of debt, and we live at home. And Obama said, my idea is immigration reform. <laughs> like, immigration reform? He, he said, me, the 20-somethings, the guys who are living at home. He doesn't have an answer. That generation is getting screwed yeah, there was a, an interview with Robert Schiller where he said he's, he's, he fears that this, is, this, is, this kind of mindset in this generation is going to set. This level of home ownership is going to stay for a long period of time. Uh, we did a story about companies like Blackstone, and there's another company out there, the leasing company. They're buying thousands and thousands and thousands of rental properties. That's the new way. It's, you're either an investor right now, you're a renter, or you already own a home. I think that's the, the mindset right now. And I think what he's talking about immigration reform is there a, a lot of immigrants are trying to buy homes as well. So he might be just thinking that in, in that line where um, he's mixing it, this t- generation with new immigrants and saying we're going to try to help everybody together. Um, but yeah, he still doesn't have an answer. He got caught mm-hmm. with there's no answer for the 20-somethings. You're screwed. And what hurts about that, Tony, is my house is at an all-time high. My street is at an all-time high. Someone bought the same square footage and paid $500,000 more than I did four and a half years ago on my street. Meaning I could go cash out today and make $500,000 for basically living there. I paid my mortgage. But um, the point being, the point being, um, who's going to buy my house in 20 or 30 years? Mm -hmm. When the millennials have their kids, when they do get married, they're going to want a single-family home, but they're not... They're not going to be able to afford it because they haven't had a job in their 20s. They haven't been saving. The millennial went on to say, for your generation, Obama, you were basically in your 20s putting money down on your house because you didn't have as much debt as our generation does, which is true. So college costs have really – and parents, they're, they're throwing it all on their kids. They're not paying for it all. Some are, some aren't. But it's going to be interesting to see who buys my house in 20 years when it's time for me to sell yeah, which is funny, too, is that in that, that same conference, I believe, he also talked about PATH, which is the Protecting uh, um, American Taxpayer Homeowners, where he's trying to privatize uh, mortgages. If it goes towards privatization, down payments will have to go up higher and rates will be higher. So that doesn't make a lot of sense. It's kind of like, what is he trying to do here? I think the mortgage tax... He's already helped us, the people who own homes. Yeah, mortgage interest so, tax deduction. So this, this is the homeowners... <laughs> So help the people who want to buy homes. The renters being left behind. The people who stay at mom and dad's. My, my advice for a renter is save as much money as you can and then go out and buy a rental and then rent it to other people. Well, you can contact Tony at bayarealonesource.com. <laughs> That's one piece of advice. Um He does loans, as he says in his horrible commercial. I get loans done. I think you should change your commercial. To- that commercial was supposed to, it's not supposed to be on the air. I'm going to have to talk to management. I think you should change your commercial to Sharknado 2. I'm Tony Mendez, Sharknado 2. I work at BayAreaLoanSource.com, Sharknado 2. Just mention Sharknado as often as you can because we're fascinated by it. We're fascinated by you, Tony Mendez. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. You can find me at Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black, Facebook fan page, Crown 4 Rob Black. 
Twitter, Rob Black Show. YouTube, Rob Black Show. Take care. Have a nice weekend. It's a load of Fridays. No work till Monday. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Five points and Aztec off 11. Trading volume. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.